is up, everyone? Welcome to the show. We're going to be talking about the 49ers defensive line. We're just going to have an open conversation about it because there's a see lot of... Move? I see the moves. I'm, I'm kind of surprised you have that kind of quickness. Uh, moves on moves on moves from Horst over here. Upper body violence. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the defensive line because there's a lot of question marks, not only on how many players the 49ers are going to keep, but which who those players are going to be, and then also kind of the roles you know that each one of these defensive players is going to have. So, Horst, let's talk about the starting five first, or starting four first. Sorry, I went five thinking offensive line. Uh, yeah, starting four. So, we're going to ignore what ESPN says on their depth chart. Yeah, they have I don't think they afford, sorry. As a starter. So, I think it's easy to say that Nick Bosa is going to start at defensive end. Armstead inside at the defensive tackle spot. You're just talking their base sets? I'm talking base set. Yeah, I would say Bosa, Armstead, Kinlaw, and probably Ebicom. Yeah, I think you're right. I think and we're going to... ESPN hasn't listed third. For yeah, some yeah, we're going to... Yeah, we don't know why they do the things that they do. Um, but we're going to agree on that. That's the, that's the starting group right there. Bosa, Armstead, uh, Kinlaw, and Ebicom. And I don't think there's much debate on that. And in fact... I think that's something the Niners, you know, are really going to work on. But as we're getting into Unit 2, Horse, how do you see Unit 2 going? Who is the next guy that's coming in uh, for Nick Bosa? Uh, is it Kerry Hyder? Is it Charles Aminahue? Is it Kamoko Ture? Uh, is it Drake Jackson, the new new rookie? You know, who do you see fitting into that that second group? Let's build a second defensive line behind that starting group. So you want me to build all four or just who the fifth guy is? Start with start with Bosa's spot and then work on from there. So what I would what I would think as of right now, having not seen Jake Jackson play an NFL game, is that you've gotta go probably with um Kerry Hyder. Okay, so you're gonna go Kerry Hyder goes in first for Bosa. But I think the 49ers want it to be Drake Jackson. I'm sure they would love for it to be Drake Jackson. You know who I think it's going to be? Charles Aminahue. I hope so. Yeah, Charles Aminahue is a good player. He's a dog. He is. And I he's, hear some people think he's going to have a breakout year. Yeah, some people might. If you watch uh, Slightly Offsides uh, over on Patreon, you can probably hear what horse opinions are about Charles Aminahue. The keyword is Patreon. Yeah, Patreon. Uh, get behind the paywall, everyone. This is, a, this is a free version over on YouTube, but get behind the paywall where all the fun happens. Uh, but yeah, so Charles Aminahue is set for a breakout year. So I think him and Kerry Hyder are two players that everyone's going to be watching at that DN spot. Those are definitely who I would say the second string DNs are. Okay, those Hyder are... and um, Aminahue. Okay, so Drake Jackson play without Drake Jackson. What are your thoughts also on Jordan Willis? Because Jordan Willis was kind of handling that that role last year. In fact, because they move Arden Key inside on obvious pass downs, so he wasn't used as much as the, at the DN spot. So what are your feelings about Jordan Willis? Can he compete you know, with a Kerry Hyder, with a Charles Aminahue, uh, or is now he more a third-string uh, third guy? No, um, Jordan Willis, I think, is a little too one-dimensional to be past either of those guys. I definitely think he has the ability to stay out in front of Kerry Hyder. Um but I'm actually agreeing with you on Amenahu even being higher up than Hyder because he, but Amenahu just seems to do a better job setting the edge than either Hyder or Jordan Willis. And I think that's actually the edge Hyder has on Willis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That he sets the edge better. And I think if Will, Willis is a more explosive athlete, but I think technically he needs to get better. 
Yeah, and then the other, you know, we talked about Drake Jackson a little bit, and I have some reservations about him being a three-down player right now because of, you know, the run game, being able to set the edge mm-hmm. against the run. I think that's something that's going to come, especially the way that USC used him. I think he's got some development. I think they hurt him. Yeah, and then, so you have him. He's going to be in that role, uh, maybe as, like you said, you know, a pass rusher in certain situations, mm-hmm. uh, but also Kamoko Ture. Uh, Kamoko Ture is another situational pass rusher, but at six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds, with a first step and a four five forty, he seems to be a player the 49ers could use in the situational pass. I rush know you brought well. up um, high levels of Jordan Willis, but to me, Kamoko Ture might make Jordan Willis not make the team. No, I I agree with you. I just think it's like certain roles, right? The 49ers mm-hmm. are looking for guys who fit in in certain matchups. And so Jordan Willis will have to compete with Kerry Hyder and with Charles Aminahue, who are more th- base three down, you mm-hmm. know, defensive ends in the league. Um, where Kamoko Ture and Drake Jackson, I believe, are more kind in the competition. Do their own thing. Right, because they're kind of that D Ford role, right? Yeah, I D get Ford what you're saying. Translated from 2019, you know, and on. But you could even injuries. say Ebicom's in that land. No, I don't think so. I think Ebicom's a three down do defensive end okay. now. Uh, the way that he played off the edge That's last true. year. He did a great job last year. He did. I think he actually developed and got comfortable with his hand in the ground. Mm-hmm. The areas that I thought he was going to pick up on the quickest was the pass rush. When in fact, what he picked up quicker was setting the edge against the run and then being able to pursue behind the line of scrimmage. So I think actually he's going to translate to an, an absolute beast opposite of Nick Bosa. Yeah, it becomes a player I really like. Um, I think the, <laughs> the, combina- the competition for those third and fourth spots inside, though, is super interesting because you got Givens, who you know I'm a big fan of, yeah. always have been. Um, Ridgeway. Who's they just spent decent coin on to grab him, and then Mo Hurst looked so good when he played last year too, and I really think they might only keep two of those three. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because if you want to keep as many edge rushers as you can, that means you have to cut in other areas, and we know that Kinlaw and Armstead are, are firm, uh, and maybe Ridgeway. I, I don't know how you feel about Ridgeway. We know Ridgeway is more of a two-down defensive mm-hmm. lineman, but. We did a position battle on Kevin Givens versus Maurice Hurst with the thought process being they could take snaps from each other. But we also mentioned in the episode, I want to see how you feel, that that actually might be a competition to see who's actually on this roster. Yeah, um, that, that's one of the things about how talented and deep this group is. A good, at least one very good player will get cut. Yeah, and, and you think, I, let's say they keep 11 defensive linemen. How do you think that's going to work out? Is it going to be seven edge rushers, four interior defensive linemen? Do you think that's going to be six edge rushers, five interior defensive linemen? How do you think they're going to work out that math to get the best possible group out there for Chris Kassarek? I mean, I think they're going to look to guys like, I know they like to use Hyder on both parts. They like to use, um, or excuse me, last year they like to use Arden Key inside. And I think that's what really helps Hyder have an advantage on making the roster is he can do that, play, you know, play the three-tech, play outside. He plays the three-tech against the pass, not against the run. Right. Um. So I really think it's an interesting dynamic there because I would assume they're only going to keep four true interior players because teams don't run the ball anymore. 
Yeah, and I mean, so many teams are going with more of a a three, you know, a three wide receiver look, mm-hmm. um, really spreading teams out, going with less power situations. So run stoppers inside look more like Armstead. I mean, the, I could see them keeping Armstead, Kinlaw, Ridgeway, and Givens or Hurst, depending mm-hmm. on which one wins that battle, and just walking away with it. I think that's definitely a possibility. My questions are horse because that would be seven and four. Is does Maurice Hurst have an advantage being a better pass rusher than Kevin Givens uh, to be able to make this team? Will they look at him and say, you know what, this guy's a three down player because he can pass rush? Or will they look at it and say, you know what, we don't need a three down player because we have all these edge rushers. So let's keep Kevin Givens because he's maybe a little bit better in the run stopping ability. Yeah, I think that Kevin Givens brings something that not many guys outside of the first string on the line bring, and that's he's very stout against the run. Um, He can almost look to play a DJ Jones type role. I think he has that type of potential. He's actually even a little more explosive than Jones actually. But I think that that's what gives Givens a nod over Hurst, at least if I'm picking from what I've seen in the past, is that Givens is very stout against the run. He'll take on double teams and won't lose you know, any yardage. He's And he's caused a lot of problems in the run game where they have guys that do what Mo Hurst can do. Yeah, so let's talk about D4 just for a second before we move on. Um, it's post-June 1. D4 is still on the roster. So me and Alex actually did a a joke uh, at the end of one of the episodes. Alex made Jimmy Garoppolo a sleeper. That wasn't the joke, but he made him a sleeper. And I said, does that mean D4 is a sleeper to make this roster? What are your feelings on D4? Can D4 realistically be on the team? I mean, he's on the team now. Are they going to give him a chance in training camp? What do you think? So there has to be a reason they haven't cut him. Because it was June 1st, where correct, was the date where they yeah. could cut him. Nothing changes after June 1st. Nope. So there has to be a reason they're keeping him on the roster. I know publicly they keep saying he's done, I can't see him playing again, all that stuff. But there has to be a reason. He has to be telling them that he feels like he's close to coming back. Um, the doctors have to have seen an improvement in him, or else they would have cut him by now. It yeah. just doesn't make sense at this point. Yeah, and one of the interesting things was his, his personal doctor, his doctor group that he worked with, did say he was cleared for physical activity, for football activity, in fact. And he was supposed to go in, after the 49ers did their press conferences for minicamp, the next week, and do his physical. And then we thought we would get word after that depending on what happened there, whether they were going to release him or not. And we just heard nothing. It's crickets from the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And D Ford's situation doesn't change. Either way, if, if they have him on the roster, it doesn't hurt them any. All it does is cost them $1 million this year, which is yeah. nothing. Uh, he's a part of your 90-man roster. You could let it play out through training camp and then release him later. If you do release him, it's $5.88 million in 2022, $5.88 million in 2023 of dead money. Um, yeah. So if you could get return on investment, that makes sense. But how does D Ford make this team, or do they just decide, you know, what we're going to keep this guy on pup, and if something happens, bring him back during the year? Yeah, I definitely think that something had to have, ha- like I just said, something had to have happened that's given them at least a sliver of hope of him playing, because or also just wouldn't make sense. All right, so let's build out this defensive group a little bit. Let's. Do you want to go eleven defensive linemen? 10 defensive linemen or 12? I don't see them keeping more than 11. All right, so let's go 11, because I do think they're going to keep 11 defensive linemen. 
Let's let's start on the outside. Um, I think first off, you're going to have Nick Bosa. Uh, he, he's the one we can start on the outside. Samson Ebucom is on the outside as well. Charles Aminahue, uh could definitely be one of those guys. I think um, you're going to have Kerry Hyder. Uh, Kamoko Ture, that's that's five guys mm-hmm. for sure. Drake Jackson makes it six. Jackson yeah. has to be a lock. Um, that's six guys. If they keep a seventh guy on the outside, it would probably be Jordan Willis. Um, so that would be the seven. That would mean the interior defensive line you would keep four. Are you okay with keeping seven guys on the edge? See, Let's have it. Let's have this conversation. I'm, I'm doing it in my head right now to double-check what I think. Um... And so you had him keeping Bosa. You had him keeping Bosa, Ebicom, Omenihue, Hyder, Gray, Jackson, and Jordan Willis. Yeah, the seven defense edge rushers. So I really think it might come down to Bo Hurst, Givens, whoever loses that battle, and Jordan Willis. Yeah, you know, that, that definitely could happen. And what that means, though, because we're talking about Jordan Willis, is the 49ers could, in fact, cut one of those guys and let Armstead be the floating guy as well because he has the ability to play on the edge too and mm-hmm. keep the extra defense interior defensive lineman. But I think I'm going to agree with you in this regard that it's going to be Armstead, Kinlaw for sure, and then Hassan Ridgeway I think, locks up one of the other spots. But Givens and Hurst, who's it going to be? And like you said, the loser of that battle against Jordan Willis to see what is the value of one of those guys on first and second down versus Jordan Willis on third down or beyond. And can Jordan Willis, Kerry Hyder, or Charles Aminahue, uh play inside? And, and like I said, the one thing Givens brings to the table over all those guys is his ability to pl- stop the run. Yeah, he does. I mean, Givens is good at that. You know, I think they were hoping he was going to develop into DJ Jones. You know, they eventually mm-hmm. he was going to be DJ Jones caliber player and then they would you know go ahead and move on and i think that's what they think kalia davis is going to be now um so you're seeing the constant trend it was dj jones then it was uh kevin givens now it's kalia davis they're trying to find guys with the same stature and build you know that could potentially end up developing into one of those big time players yeah it definitely makes sense it's smart to do it's what great teams do yeah so who would you say are the locks on the defensive line. Who are, who are absolute the absolute locks? locks? And this is assuming D4 doesn't play. I, I think that's a fair assumption, yeah. So I would say the locks are obviously Bosa, Kinlaw, Armstead, and um, Evicom. Yeah. And then I would say Drake Jackson's a lock because of his draft, draft status. And to be honest, that's it. Okay, that, that's interesting because I did one episode where I went through the locks and how many remaining spots mm-hmm. were available. And I went with those, and I added one more guy. Hyder? Charles Aminahue. Um, I just think Aminahue's got so much value for mm-hmm. what the 49ers want to do that he was the absolute last guy I could lock. But we're almost in complete agreement. I just think Aminahue means so much to this team. I can agree with that. Um, him playing, and I, I do think he's probably going to fill the Arden Key role of playing mm-hmm. the inside and outside guy. But he was the only one. Other than that, we and the Drake Jackson one is, a, I mean, you have to. Uh, so the four starters, Drake Jackson, Charles Aminahue is where I went. Uh, and I, to me, I just thought that it was the best combination for absolute locks, which means five spots are up for grabs. It's going to be really fun. Yeah, I can't wait to to get out to training camp, go see Chris Kacarek, Daryl Tapp, getting it down, uh, getting it on down there at the end of the field. You know they're going to be going crazy. Yeah, that's such a fun coaching group to watch. It's and it's such a talented group to go watch. 
I think we'll really have an exciting time seeing them in person. Yeah, this is this is going to be a good one. I'm excited about it. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching the defensive line talk. I think it was a good one. Let us know what you thought about this in the comment section. Just you know, let it, let us have it. You know, what? Who do you think is going to make this team? Do you think it's going to be ten defensive linemen, eleven, twelve, and then who are your locks to make this roster? Is it going to be seven guys on the outside, or is it going to be six? I really am curious how everyone thinks this team is going to be built and constituted. We know D'Amico Ryan's likes versatility. We know how Chris Kasarek uses his defense. I think it wouldn't shock me to see them keep eleven defensive linemen and seven edge rushers, which is absolutely spectacular. Nothing I thought was going to happen. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, one thing's for sure is that they definitely seem to know what they're doing when it comes to defensive line. I'm just going to go ahead and trust them. Yeah, they have a pretty good idea, I think. You know, Chris Kassarik comes uh, comes to the team, and all of a sudden, uh, Fourier's defense gets a lot better. Uh, the wide nine, and of course, they've, they've definitely altered it here or there to get it the way they want, but a lot of versatility along this defensive line. And, of course, one more thing before we go. Of all the guys you see on the defensive line, I know you've, you've talked about this on Slightly Offsides, so I'm going to take Charles Aminahue out of this. Who is another guy that you expect to have the biggest sack numbers that's not Nick Bosa? Biggest sack numbers on the And you line. can put Aminahue in it. Biggest sack numbers beyond Nick Bosa. That's not Nick Bosa. I'm going to go with Armstead. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And they're going to slide protect towards Armstead and Bosa all year long. If one of these other guys, Samson come or Javon Kinlaw, or even one of these guys that's going to come in, like Kamoko Ture or Charles Aminihu, can create it, make them play it more even, uh, and we get some one-on-ones for Armstead, Horse, you might be right. Do you think it could be a double-digit sack? Yeah, I, I could see Armstead having a 10 to 12 sack here. I love that. And let us know what you think about who will have the biggest sack numbers. That's not Nick Bosa in the comment section. Another great conversation, Horse. Looking forward to the next one. If you want to catch full episodes of Slightly Offsides, head over to Patreon and join us there. It's a little bit of a different format. I think you all enjoy it. Hope to see you there soon. Uh, what a great show, Horse. I had a great time. Always love talking about linemen. Yeah, who doesn't like talking line? Yeah. Fools. All right, everyone. Have a good day. We'll catch you on the next one.